You know, last time I was here, I spoke on doing more in 2024, which was a church uh, theme for the year 2024. And we went through the book of Acts looking at how that we need to teach the Word of God more accurately from Acts chapter 18 and 19. We need to uh, do more as far as listening to God more. We not need to obey God more than man. In the book of Acts chapter 5, there was one that I didn't get to was uh, from Acts chapter 24, I believe it's verse 35, where Jesus actually said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so uh, I just wanted to mention that, that I didn't get to get to that point last time about um, there when they were quoting Jesus, how he's more blessed to give than to receive and how true that is and how we need to be thankful for the blessings that we get, but we need to be people that are giving. And so this morning I want to talk about another church theme that uh, we are using at Eastridge, and that is disciples making disciples. And when you think about the Christian life, you think about how that we are to live a certain way, how that we are supposed to be doing things a certain type of way, but what is our motto as Christians? You might be thinking, well, we are to love one another. We need to love people. And that is true. We're going to look at that uh, more this morning. But what about disciples making disciples? I think that is a good motto for all Christians. You know, the word disciple literally means learner, one that is a teacher, kind of the idea of a pupil, one that, that is a learner from someone else. So that is what the word disciple means. You know, many times we talk, somebody might say, are you a Christian? And you say yes. But did you know the word Christian is only found three times in the Bible? Now that we should be ready to be prepared to suffer as a Christian. You almost persuaded me to be a Christian. If any man suffers as a Christian, let him glorify God in his body. And so we only see that word Christian mentioned three times, but we see the word disciple mentioned more times than Christian. So when we talk about, are you a Christian? Yes, we're, we, we can identify as that. We are a follower of Christ. But we can also identify ourselves as a disciple. You know, there was a movement back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, uh, where they called themselves disciples of Christ, followers, learners of Christ. And that is because it is a biblical word, that we can do. So I'm gonna, what I want to do this morning is look at that phrase, disciples, making disciples, and break down each word and talk about what it means to us as Christians because that is our motto. That is what we need to be doing. That is what we need to be doing each day as we live. But as way as the introduction, go with me now to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And let's look here at our main text where we get this point of disciples making disciples. And so here Jesus says in verse 18, this is the last few words that Jesus spoke before He ascended into heaven. He said, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority or all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now look at this first one. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
the main word that you can see here in this text. If you look at verses 19 and 20, you might be thinking the main word is, and many times we focus in on it, is baptism or baptizing. But that's not the main word here that we need to focus in on. The main word we need to focus in on is making disciples. That's the main word. Now, how is it that you make disciples? By going, teaching, and baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when you look at this thing, the main point we need to look at is the idea of making disciples or make disciples. And is how, and he tells us how we do that. We do that through baptizing them and teaching them. So there is instruction, we should say, go therefore and make that's what we're going to focus in on. There is instruction, and then there is immersion, and then there is more instruction that needs to follow up even after we make disciples with the new disciples. And so we need to look at this, and we need to understand this is what we need to be about. This is what our motto should be. So let's look at this phrase, disciples, making disciples, and look at this first word, disciples. The word disciple, the first one, tells us who we are supposed to be. That's talking about, it's not talking about anybody outside of this building. It's talking about those who are Christians. It's talking about we as Christians need to be a disciple. We need to be living out the Great Commission. Not only do we need to be living it out, we need to be acting it out by letting people know that we are Christians. When people see us in the workplace, when people come and interact with us, they should know that there's something a little bit different than us. Maybe a little bit strange about us, that we don't do the things that they do. We don't speak the way that they do. You know, it's okay to be different. You know what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4? They find it strange that you run not with them in the same excess of right speaking evil of you. Why is it that they thought it? they were strange? Because they didn't talk the way that they did. They didn't do the things that they did that the world does, that we are separate from the world. A disciple, a true disciple, is one that follows after the teaching of Jesus. One that is different from the ways of the world. So if we are going to be a disciple making a disciple, number one, we have to make sure that we ourselves are living this in a correct way. Go with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're going to come back to Matthew chapter 28 here in a moment. But go with me now to John chapter 8. Now, if I told you to go to John 8 and verse 32, many of you can quote this like this. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But I want to look at one verse prior to this. Many times we look at John 8 verse 32, how that we can know truth, that there's a thing called absolute truth. It's not relative truth. But look at verse 31 of John chapter 8. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, notice this, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So when we look at this phrase, disciples making disciples, the first thing that we need to make sure that we are doing is abiding or living in the teachings of Jesus. That when people see us, that they see the word of God being lived out. If people don't see us living it out, then what are we going to do what? What are we to be? Oxford Dictionary describes a disciple as a personal follower of Jesus. A personal follower of Jesus. Now, this is the second definition: a follower 
or a student of a teacher. So when somebody says, hey, are you a disciple? You know what that means? That not only are you living like Jesus, but you're learning more about Jesus yourself. You're a follower uh, or a student of a teacher. We all need to be students of Jesus. We need to know how He acted, the things that He taught, live those things out in our lives. You know, when we look at this verse from John 8 and verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him, if you abide, the idea of abide means to remain. Somebody that is faithful, somebody that is living out their life, not just one day a week on Sundays or maybe two days a week on Wednesday, but every single moment of their life, they are remaining, they are abiding, they are continuing steadfastly in the Jesus' words, then you are His disciple indeed. We need to make sure we are living in His teaching, that we are living out the Word of God. Go with me now to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I want you to look at verse 2. So, somebody said this once about this verse. I'm going to go ahead and tell you before we read it because I think it helps understand this verse better. Somebody may never hear a sermon preached by you, but they see one every day as, they, as you live it out in your life. You may never preach a sermon in your own lifetime, but every day when you live it out in your workplace or at your school or wherever you may go, the grocery store, you're living out a sermon in your life. Notice what Paul said to the Corinthians here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2. You are known epistles written in our hearts, known and read by all men. You know, when people see you, they, they are reading you out. They are seeing, hey, is this person aligning themselves with the Word of God? Because a true disciple is not one that's just here on Sundays and then goes home and lives the way they want to, but a true disciple is one that lives out, that abides in the Word of Christ, that is read and known by all men. You may never get up here and preach a sermon, but you live one out every day by the way that you live, by the way that you talk, by the way that you act, by the way that you talk to one another, and we can know that in our, and we can do that in our lives. Go with me now to the book of John, John chapter thirteen. You know this word disciple. We've already noticed it one time from the book of John, and we've noticed that we have to live like Jesus lived, or live in the teachings of Jesus. But go with me now to John chapter thirteen. This word disciple again appears here in John chapter thirteen. But not only do we have to live in the teachings of Jesus, but we have to love in the teachings of Jesus and love the way that Jesus loved. Look at John chapter 17, beginning in verse number 31. And so he had gone out, that is Jesus, and said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in Him. If God is glorified in Him, God will also glorify Him in Himself and glorify Him immediately. Little children... I shall be with you a little longer. You will seek me, and I will, I will say to the Jews, Where am I going? You cannot come, so I say to you. Now look at verse 34. This is the peak of Jesus' teaching. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and you have loved one for another. By this, what, what is he saying there? That, that, that verse 35 is a horrible book place for a marking or a separation in verses. I wish 34 flowed right into 35. By this, by you having love one for another, 
what does he say? By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Not only do you have to live in the teachings of Jesus to be a true disciple, but you've got to have love one for another. Here Jesus says they're not going to know you by the doctrine you teach. They're not going to know you by the, by the things that you do, but they are going to know that you are a true disciple of Jesus by how? The love that you have one for another. That if we love one another, not going out... You know the worst thing that we can do as a disciple of Jesus is going out into the community and telling bad things about the church? You know what that shows? We don't love one another. You know what other people say? Well, I don't want to go visit that church. But if we have love one for another, if we go out in the community and say, man, I love the White Oak Church of Christ, you need to come with me. We're a special group of people, which is true. You know what people are going to say? Man, that's a special group of people over there. I'm going to go see what they're more about. You have love one for another. There's a common bond. You'll love one another closely. You'll stay more faithful to one another, but you'll also bring more people in because we will love as Jesus loved. Here he says, By this, by their love one for another, you will be my disciples indeed if you have that love one for another. So when we look at the teachings of Jesus, we can, we can notice so much about what it means to be a disciple. Now, look with me at Matthew chapter 10. I, this phrase, disciples making disciples, we had a, a day back in November of last year, I think it was, Dan Winkler talked about this. And some of these points I'm using are from Dan Winkler's. These that I'm using here from Matthew chapter 10 are. But he, he did, and I encourage you to go listen to it, because Dan Winkler's a great speaker, and he has so much content that he can share with you. But he talked about how that, number one, a disciple, we, how we can make one, how we can spot one, and how we can, how we can spot a fake disciple. Because you know there are things such as a fake disciple. Those people that are not living as Jesus lived or living out the teachings of Jesus and those that are not loving one for another. And we can spot those fake ones. But look here at Matthew chapter 10 and notice what a disciple does. Here, here Jesus used the word disciples three times in Matthew chapter 10. Note, let's notice what each one of these did. Look at verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher. You know what we are? We are a disciple. We are lower. We are a pupil. We are a learner of Jesus. We are lower than Jesus, nor his servant above his masters. Number one, a disciple is one that listens to Jesus. We live like Jesus. We love like Jesus, but we also listen to Jesus. We got to listen to his word. We got to learn from him. Remember, the key word of the word disciple is one that is a learner. We got to listen to Jesus so that we can live more like Him. Now look at verse 25. We're going to see the word of disciple again. Is it enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher, a servant, it like his master? If they call the, the, call the master of his house Beelzebub, how much more will they be called the, call those of his own household? Number two is a disciple looks like Jesus. We live like Jesus. We're going to look like Jesus. And that's what we need to do there at the beginning of verse 25. Is it enough for a disciple that he, he be like his teacher, a servant like his master? We need to look like Jesus. So when people see us living in the world, if we're going to be a true disciple, we're going to look like Jesus. 
We're going to talk like Jesus. We're going to love like Jesus. We're going to do all those things just like Jesus did. And then the last one, verse number 42. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, surely I said you, he shall shall no means lose his, his reward. A disciple lives as Jesus lives. When you think about the life of Jesus, how, do you, how can you summarize the life of Jesus? Think, think about it. If you, could, if you could summarize the life of Jesus in one word, what would it be? I think it would be the word sacrifice or servant. You th- you think, I think those go hand in hand. He, he was a servant, right? You think about passages such as Matthew 20 and verse number 28, that Jesus came to what? Not be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Number one, you see that he was a servant, but he gave his life for many, and that talks about sacrifice. If we're going to be a disciple that makes disciples, guess what? We're going to have to sacrifice some, some own things in our life. We're going to have to sacrifice time. We're going to have to sacrifice money. We're going to have to sacrifice uh, our efforts. We're going to have to give fully to them. And we're going to have to be a servant. You know, many times we sing the song, Lord, make me a servant, make me like you. What is that talking about? It's talking about discipleship. If we want to be a disciple of Jesus, we're going to have to sacrifice. We're also going to be a servant. We're going to have to serve Jesus. We're going to have to serve the people that we want to teach Jesus about. Why was it that Jesus taught the 5,000, or fed the 5,000? It's because He wanted to teach them, right? What are we going to have to do to sacrifice so that we can teach somebody the gospel of Christ? I'm going to talk more about that here in a second. Number one, when we look at this phrase, disciples making disciples, the first disciple tells us who we are supposed to be about. We're supposed to be about living like Jesus, loving like Jesus, and listening to Jesus. But secondly, when we look at that second word, making, what does that talk about? That is the talking about what we are supposed to be about. Disciples are supposed to be about making more disciples. That's what our job is as Christians. Christian is not just a club that you join that you can come in on Sundays and, and lit, you know come to the meetings, you could say, and then go out like many other clubs do. But you know what the Christianity is about? It's a lifestyle that you live so that you can bring others to Jesus. You want more people to be a part of this congregation, to be a part of the Lord's church, to save those called out ones, Acts 2, verse number 41, and also verse number 42. Go back with me to our, our text that we focused in on this morning. Matthew chapter 28, and look at verse number 19. He said, go therefore and make. There's your key word. Make. That's what we're focusing it on. That's what we are supposed to be about. All the nations. By baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. How are we to make disciples? By teaching. You know, if you look at the old Levitical, or excuse me, the Old Testament lifestyle... How was it that they became a Jew? It was a born into religion, right? It it was something that you were born into. It was because of who your mother was, who your father was. It was a lineage passed on. But you know the great thing about Christianity? Yes, it is a born it is a born into religion, John chapter three, verses three through five, but it is also a taught religion. Under the Old Testament, guess what? You had to be born into it. 
Yes, under the New Testament, you have to be born into it again, but you are taught and it has access to everybody, both Jew and to the Greeks. So we can teach anybody the gospel, and that is our job is to go and teach them the gospel of Christ. You go with me. I, I didn't put this verse down, but I want to go to it because I think it, it helps us. Go, go with me to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and look at verse number 17. Many people use this as a proof text to show that baptism is not essential for salvation, but I think it's just the opposite. But, but look at verse, let, let's just back up a little bit. Go back to verse 10 um, of this chapter. He says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So what's happening in the early church? The early church is segregated. They are split into sections. They are in these different groups. And then, then you know, there's contentions. Each of you are saying, I'm of Paul, verse 12. I'm of Apollos, or I'm Cephas, or I'm Christ. Paul says, I think, at verse 14, is Christ divided, or was Paul crucified for you, or are you baptized in the name of Paul? He says, hey, why are you saying you're of these different people? You aren't baptized in their name. Verse 14 says, I thank God I baptized none of you except Cephas and Gaius. Now look at verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize. Our job as a disciple making disciples is not to go baptize. What is our job as a disciple? To go teach. Notice what he says there. For for Christ did not send me to baptize, but what? To preach the gospel. That's our job and our role as a disciple, to make other disciples. Our job is not to go baptize. Our job is to teach or preach the gospel. Not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be made of no effect. But you know what happens when you do teach somebody the gospel? They are baptized. That's what Jesus taught, right? Matthew 28. Go, therefore, and that emphasizes that there is instruction, that there is teaching involved. And what are we to teach them? The death, the burial, and resurrection. Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. And that we have to enable or reenact that. Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, which is, which is baptism, which is also from the Great Commission. So what is our job as, in order to make disciples? Go teach. Go teach someone the gospel so that they can learn about the saving message of Jesus Christ. Now go with me to the book of Acts. I wanted to go that just to emphasize our job is to go teach. Our, our job is not to baptize. Our job is to go teach the gospel. But go with me through very quickly. Let's do an overview of the book of Acts. If you can talk about the book of Acts, many people of us call this the hub of the Bible, or Acts chapter 2, the hub of the Bible. It's like a wheel spoke. Everything can point to Acts chapter 2, or everything can point back from Acts chapter 2. Everything kind of flows back to Acts chapter 2 as far as the church goes. And so when you look at Acts chapter 2, what happened on the day of Pentecost? Peter preached the gospel that Jesus died. They, they were the ones that crucified their, those the ones that crucified Jesus upon their cross. He taught them the gospel because they said, what must we do to be saved? They were what? Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Acts 2 and verse number 38. Go with me now to Acts chapter 5. And look at verse number 42. Acts 5 and verse number 42. And daily and in the temple 
and from house to house, or as the New King James says, and in every house, they did not cease the teaching and preaching of Jesus Christ. You know, many times we look at the book of Acts and we say, man, that they grew so rapidly. I mean, you look at the number of disciples multiplied, the, the, the disciples multiplied all the time. But why was it that they multiplied? Because they ceased not to teach. What happens when you teach? There will be more disciples come. Acts chapter, um, let's go over to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, look at verse number 4. Here it says, Therefore those who scattered where what? Went everywhere preaching the word. The idea of preaching the word is the word evangelizing. They went everywhere telling that Jesus was the Christ. Now look at verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Now what do we know about the relationship between Jews and Samaritans? Not a great one, right? But Philip went down there and preached to them the kingdom of Christ, about the church of Christ, and that is they were baptized, verse 12, but when Philip, when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. What happens when you go and make disciples? You teach, people hear the message preached, they have a change of heart that leads to a change of action, and they submit themselves to the waters of baptism so that they can be immersed for the remission of their sins. Go with me now to Acts chapter 18. We looked at this last week. Acts chapter 18 and verse number 26. So they began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Why was it that that he did this? Because they were wrong. We don't need to, when we teach people and we want them to be disciples, we don't need to do it in an arrogant way. We don't need to do it in a, in a, in a uh, know-it-all way. We need to do it in a bold way, yes, just like they did, but they need to pull them aside and explain it to them more accurately, as we talked about last week. Also, Acts 20 and verse 20, if we want to have spiritual vision, you know, many times uh, I don't have perfect 2020 vision, that's why I have to wear these glasses. But when we talk about spiritual 2020 vision, we can get that from Acts 20 and verse number 20. There where it says, How I kept back nothing that was helpful for you, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. Why was it that the book of Acts is so successful? Why is it that we can read all these conversions, all these baptisms in the book of Acts? It was because they taught. If we want to teach the gospel... We have to go find people and teach them so that they can be baptized. 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 2, what? That you may be able to teach others also. And that's what we need to do to be able to fulfill the Great Commission. If we want to be a disciple making disciples, we need to go teach people the gospel. And there's different ways you can do that. I'm going to give you a couple as as we close out this point and go to our last one, which will be very, very short. How can I teach somebody the gospel? I know this is maybe contrary to what some people believe, but ask people if they would like to know more about the Bible. You know what James says? You have not because why? You ask not. Maybe the reason that we don't have Bible studies going on is because 
We don't ask people, hey, would you like to learn more about the Bible? I have these little booklets that we can go through and, and we can learn more about the Bible. Maybe just ask them, do you know much about the church of Christ? No, would you like to learn more about us? Maybe they say yes, and you can teach them the gospel. Maybe the reason you don't have a Bible study is because you've asked not. Maybe invite a friend to church services. Invite a friend. Say, hey, I, we have this great church family. We're having a fellowship meal. I don't know when y'all are having the next one. I'm sure Luke can tell you, though. But, but, but you, you think about that. Say, hey, we're having a fellowship meal and I want you to come and eat with us. I want you to meet some of my friends at church. They're, they're some great people. You know what happens? You open up the door to an opportunity to, to teach somebody the gospel. Maybe send somebody, send somebody that's praying and needs prayers. Pray for them. Go visit them. Take them a meal. Send them, show them compassion to them so that you can teach them the gospel. There's a lot of different tracts out here that you can hand somebody. Say, hey, I, I was reading this the other day and I just want you to read it and and see what you think about it, and let's talk about it. Or, hey, let, let's study the book of Acts together, and, and read through the book of Acts with your friend, and, and talk with them during your lunch break, or call them each evening after you read a chapter, and say, hey, what did they do to become a Christian? And, and is that aligned with what you did to become a Christian? Why do we see baptism happen over and over again? You never know what will happen until you ask. Give somebody a, a card and say, hey, there's these great videos on why there's so many churches, or, or searching for truth, or whatever it may be. Give them that. And you know what might happen? They learn the gospel and they also become a disciple. How do you make a disciple? By teaching. You've got to teach somebody the gospel. And there's so many different ways you can do that. Number one, when we look at this phrase, disciples making disciples. The first word, disciple, tells us who we are to be. We are supposed to be disciples. Live, learn, and love like Jesus. Number two, the, the word making emphasizes what we are supposed to be about. And this third word, disciple, is what God will do if we do our part. You know, many times we want the increase, right? We want to grow. We want baptisms. We want, we want all these things. But the reason we don't get our part is because, or get the growth part, which is God's part, is because we never do our part. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's see what, what, what Paul said here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and look at verse number 5 and 6. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers, through whom you also believed, as the Lord gave each one. Now look at this. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. What is our job? Our job is to plant. Our job is to water. Just like the parable of the of the soils, the parable of the sower. Our job is to plant the seed. Our job is to water. But whose job is it to give the increase? It's God. But God will only do His part if we plant the seed and if we water it. If we plant the seed but never water it, guess what's going to happen? It's never going to grow. It's never going to germinate. What if we water but never plant the seed? It's never going to grow. We have to plant the seed. We have to water it. And guess what will happen? God will give the increase. But many times we want the increase, but we never do our part. We have to, number one, be a disciple. Number two, we have to make the disciple. That's planting and watering. And if we do that, God will give the increase, which is make more disciples. And we have to do that. A disciple counts, continues in the Word. A disciple loves each other, bears fruits, and puts Christ first.
first. So when we look at this phrase, disciple, that's me, what am I doing? Making, that's what I'm supposed to be about. More disciples, that's God's part if we do our part. So let's this year be disciples who make more disciples so that more people can go to heaven. We, we have a text chain uh, between me and Luke and a couple other staff members, Alan Webster. And many times we'll always send baptisms, you know, who we're studying with and baptisms. And this last week, Matt Wallen baptized a couple that had been visiting uh, church services with them that grew up in the church but just never obeyed the gospel and, and so forth. And, and Alan said something. I was like, man, I really like that. And that'd be a great sermon. Let's make heaven crowded. Think about that for a second. Let's make heaven crowded. Well, how are you going to do that? By being a disciple that makes more disciples. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You can become one. You can become a disciple of Christ by doing exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said you have to believe that He is, repent of your sins, confess that He is Christ, and be buried in that water grave of baptism for the forgiveness of your sins. But maybe you're here and you've already done that, but you haven't been living as a true disciple. You've been maybe a fake disciple. You've been just kind of being here on Sundays and you got sin in your life. We can be, be glad to pray with you and for you and make it right with God. We can help you anyway. Come now as together we stand and as we sing.